0: Hey there, Paula Poundstone here. When you're done listening to this podcast, check out my new show, Live from the Poundstone Institute. I mean, you could try listening to this show and my show at the same time, but that might drive you insane. Find Live from the Poundstone Institute on Apple Podcasts or the NPR One app.
1: Hey, y'all. This is Sam's Aunt Betty. This week on the show, one of the hosts of NPR's morning edition, Rachel Martin. And from NPR Music and NPR's Pop Culture Happy Hour, Stephen Thompson.
2: All right, let's start the show. She's definitely working on her read. Oh, I can God, tell.
3: Anthony! Anthony <laughs> said my name! I right know, <laughs> right? You've made it, Stephen <laughs> Thompson. You have arrived.
2: <laughs> hey y'all, Sam Sanders here. It's been a minute. There's no theme music here on this show. We start each week with a different song. Do you guys know this song? I my name
3: is Hell, Queens. I heard about your man, he liked the late queen. No. Oh, It's a rapper.
2: Though. It's L-O-Cool J. In
3: honor oh. of his big, uh... He, a big thing happened to you him this week. You can say it. What happened? He <laughs> is one of the Kennedy... Am I taking your job? Am I Do it! Hosting? No, you're good. Go. <laughs> he gets to be one of the Kennedy Center honorees.
2: Yes. He's the first hip-hop artist to have this honor. It's a big deal. So in honor of him, I'm playing one of the singles from his 1995 album called Mr. Smith. This song is the Who Do You Love remix of his song lounging featuring total i was a little kid when i loved this song it's mm-hmm. really
4: good i was an adult when i it. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: anyway you hear these voices rachel martin steven thompson thank you guys for being here Hi. you probably know rachel from like some radio show called the morning edition might have heard of it
3: right <laughs> i'm super famous
2: <laughs> now you hosted that show this morning before you came to talk to us right i did how long have you been up
3: um, I don't even know. I can't even do math anymore. <laughs> I've been up since three o'clock in the morning East Coast time. What? Oh my Yeah, goodness. it's it's I so you... early. Usually I can hear little birds, so it makes me feel like it's morning and I'm okay. But today I heard crickets. No birds. <laughs> and that's nighttime. That's <laughs> nighttime. That's officially nighttime. <laughs> that's
2: officially nighttime. Well thank you for your service and for being mm-hmm. here with us. We'll it's... see if
3: I can finish the sentence.
2: Yes, yes. Stephen Thompson, you know from Pop Culture Happy Hour. Also, we'll talk more about this later, but you have a podcast too, Rachel. It's oh yeah. Up first. It is the daily 10 minute news podcast. Podcast, mm-hmm.
3: Everything you need to know. You're
2: real smart, real quick.
3: Exactly. So
2: we are here to talk about what happened this week in the news, in the culture, everything. There's a lot this week. a New chief of staff in the White House. Stock market is up. There are some changes at a little channel called Music Television, MTV, aka MTV.
4: Mm-hmm. They're still there. <laughs> Did you say MTV, a.k.a. MTV?
2: MTV, a.k.a. MTV? <laughs> what? Oh, I
4: see, I see. Yeah. There was a shrug the, the second little time you little said little it. The, shrug on the last one. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: yeah. So we'll talk about all of that. But first, we're going to start the show as we always do. I want each of us to describe our week of news and stuff in only three words. Who wants to go first? <sighs>
3: i think rachel come on <laughs> that's simon come on steven i've been up since three you've been you know, up since, since three, three. Oh, i'll go
4: first okay. Stephen, come my on. my three words are so long ago mm-hmm. it seems like so long ago yes that we were talking about anthony scaramucci Who's oh that and I, I i like earlier this week uh v- the very briefly tenured uh, I think we can say communication yeah. communi-
2: mm-hmm. communication although I've heard that like he was fired before his official start day which is even crazier if true Wow, but the guy I hadn't digress. even started
3: the job before he was fired. The reason
4: I say so long ago, I, I was uh, I was clearing out some emails the other night. Uh, you know, like having a having a hot night <laughs> of, of, de- of deleting press releases, and and I hit like a news roundup, one of those daily news roundups that I get from like the Washington Post and the New York Times or whatever. And it was like preparing for life under Scaramucci.
2: Uh, <laughs> and it was lolololol. And, LOL, LOL, and, LOL. and by the
4: time I deleted it, which was like th- literally three days later, I was like, Oh him!
3: Yeah. <laughs> That's short life. That <laughs> yeah. Never- So short life. That was Anthony Scaramucci. It
4: happens so quickly now. Like when we step out of the studio, life will have changed. We will have to react to some new bombshell that we will have just found out about. So uh, just the incredible ever-accelerating news cycles that yeah. we're dealing with to the point where when uh, uh, your producer, Brent Bachman, reached out to me like, oh, do you want to do that? I was like, wow, you, you're you asking me to do the show on Scaramucci Week. And he's like, <laughs> he's like you know what? We're probably not even going to still be talking yeah.
3: about that. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows yeah. where we will have moved. Yeah. And we moved to a lot of places. All kinds of things have happened, as you alluded to, Sam. It's been a busy news week. It's we crazy. all are trying to keep up. So that brings me to my three words. Yeah. Uh, your huddled Masses.
2: Mm. I know where that comes from. You know where that comes from,
3: right? Don't we all? This is part of the poem that uh, was written by Emma Lazarus that appears upon the Statue of Liberty. And this was in the ether this week because the Trump administration unveiled their new immigration proposal. They want to cut legal immigration. We've heard them talk a whole lot about illegal immigration, but this is a plan to cut legal immigration by half. They also want to change the preferences. They say this is a more merit-based system. So people -hmm. people who speak English, people who have uh, professional skills that the society could benefit from, these people get higher on the list, higher on the preference list than uh, lower skilled workers who don't have... English skills in particular, and the family situation that used to be a way that you could kind of jump ahead in the line if you had a lot of family in the U.S. that no longer is would be as much of a, of a preference. Yeah.
2: Well, because right now, something like two thirds of the immigrants that come to America, it's to reunite families. Right. And a lot less are coming because of their skills. Yeah. And. Team Trump kind of wants to flip, wants to flip, that. flip it. Yeah, yeah. they okay. want to flip
3: it. And they say that this is an economic reason. They say that immigrants and in particular, low skilled laborers who come to this country are taking jobs away from American blue collar workers. And you know what? There's not really a clear answer on this. Funny yeah. enough, It's so frustrating when that happens. But NPR's Amita Kelly, shout out to Amita, did a whole rundown on this on NPR.org looking at the facts of this and economists don't always agree yes. on really how this breaks down and what gets emotional for people is when you start thinking about the american myth and who we are and that this is where it yeah. really strikes people at their core like who gets who, to come who gets to come who gets to be us yes And this is what spurred this crazy back and forth in the White House press briefing. Did you watch it, Stephen? Jim Acosta. Uh, Yeah.
2: uh, And what's his face? Stephen Miller.
3: Stephen Miller, um, one of the president's top uh, advisors. They put him in front of the podium to explain this. Jim Acosta, famously the child of immigrants, Cuban Cuban immigrants. immigrants, He's talked a lot about that. Uh, and he got into this standoff with Miller about really hard to watch. the Statue yeah. of Liberty and this poem and who are we? And it says nothing on that plaque about being able to speak English. And Miller immediately went into this thing about how dare you call this racist. but the He basically fact,
2: said you're the real racist, Jim Acosta. It,
3: right. Like, why are you trying to spin it this way? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, in ta- if you take it in isolation... There are questions to ask about who we let in and And, and they've why. always been asked. We've, sure. we've,
2: throughout our history, had Have immigration re-evaluated. ebb and flow and changed the system yeah. based on where the country is. Where right? the country's
3: at, what kind of, what are the labor demands, what are the national yeah. security threats? It has always been thus. Yeah. But this is a particular time. And you take this proposal in the greater context of what the Trump campaign was about, of yes. what the Trump administration has been about, what... This very nationalistic kind of ethos. And a
2: rhetoric that has been antagonistic to certain minority groups.
3: Absolutely. So when you
2: couple that with this new point system, a lot of folks are saying, "Mm, what do you really mean?
3: Yeah. And they can't see past the presentation of it as well. And the aggressiveness (laughs) that then we saw demonstrated in the White House press briefing where it it immediately got to that place.
2: Yeah. And what's so funny is like this idea of a point system, that's not new. Canada has a point system. The U.K. has a point system yeah. for folks outside of the EU. Australia has a point system. Donald Trump has even said that he looks up to Canada's point system for immigration. And so I think what's really hidden folks the wrong way... Is the tone and the rhetoric, like right. you're
3: saying, Rachel? Yeah, he's. You know, we we also saw those the transcripts released of these conversations that the president had yeah. with the Mexican President Neto, and Australian, Prime, Australian Prime, Minister. Prime Minister Turnbull. And in that transcript with the Mexican president, he's like, "Listen, I need you to pay for this wall. And if you're not, I don't even care. But just stop <laughs> just saying exactly." It. Right? Right. So he's feeling pressure <laughs> on that front. They're on clearly feeling like they want to get a win. Yes, I, but on this immigration policy, I mean, they don't have the, they vote have in the votes Congress. in
2: Congress.
4: No, because yeah. among other things, I mean, there are massive business repercussions to stemming the tide of immigration yeah. that I'm sure will will slow down some of those efforts.
2: Yeah. Um, my three words are kind of tied to this and how Trump is using things like immigration policy to appeal to his base. My three words are because of you. If you mm. guys watched Trump's rally last night in West Virginia, at one point uh, he says, we didn't win this election because of Russia. We won because of you. Mm-hmm. And those words stuck with me because that you he's talking about is his base, right. his core support group. And that's the group that he's been trying to speak to policy wise for the last two weeks. If you look at the action they're taking against things like affirmative action, that's to speak to this base, Right. The trans ban in the military. That's to speak to his base. Talk of the border wall and reform of, of um, immigration. Those are all things to speak to his base. And mm-hmm. go ahead.
3: Well it's just fascinating to me usually when that's the that's what you see in a candidate.
2: Yeah. And I find it even more fascinating when I see Donald Trump and his White House focusing so heavily on the base while the D.C. political media establishment focuses on just about everything else. Right. Mm-hmm. There was such hullabaloo this week over the announcement of a grand jury in this investigation by the special counsel Robert Mueller, but a grand jury was probably going to happen, and it's been like this is totally that, predictable. Right. It was exactly it was totally expected. Right. And like we spent so much time wringing our hands over Scaramucci and mm-hmm. the new chief of staff and the this and the that. Meanwhile, Donald yeah, okay. Trump is talking right to the folks (laughs) that voted him in. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, like, when you think of those words, because of you, like, Mm -hmm. the you is his base. But also, it's like, you could flip the whole wordplay because of you onto Trump and say, hey, Donald Trump, a lot of the problems you have right now, it's because of you. Uh, You have created an environment in your White House where people want to leak. You are tweeting things that undermine your staff and your legal counsel. Some of the problems you have, if not most, Donald Trump, are because of you.
4: Now, you say this, Sam... But Trump has a new chief of staff, General John Kelly.
2: Yeah, which we'll talk more about later. Which
4: we'll talk more about later. We in the in the in the news media uh, have been predicting a Donald Trump pivot. We in the news media we fall for this every, every time. single time. We like now you hear like, well, now the chief of staff, John Kelly, he's he's a four star general. We can just now prepare for for the fact that everything now will be right. disciplined and swimmingly different. yes, yeah. swimmingly.
2: All right. I learned a bit from you guys.
3: I learned something from you, Sam Sanders. Very informative
2: discussion.
4: (laughs) I have taught you nothing.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Let's hold right here for a quick break. We'll be right back with Long Distance, where we call a listener and ask them what's up where they live. BRB.
5: A quick shout-out to one of our sponsors who brings you this message. Casper, a sleep brand that offers obsessively engineered mattresses. Featuring Casper's supportive memory foam for just the right sink and bounce. Casper understands the importance of truly sleeping on a mattress before you commit. So try Casper for 100 nights risk-free in your own home. And if you don't love it, they'll pick it up and refund you everything. Get $50 toward any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com minute. And use promo code MINUTE.
2: All right, we are back in a moment. We're going to go around the table and each share a new story from the week that we want to talk about. But first, a thing we do every week that I love. Long distance. This is where we call your listener out in the country and ask them what's happening in their neck of the woods today from California, San Diego to be exact. Grant. Are you there? I am, Sam. How you doing? I'm good. How are you, man? I'm doing all right. Happy Friday. You're on the phone with my friends, Rachel and Steven. Say hi, guys. Hi, Grant. Hey, how's it going, Grant?
6: Hey, how's it going, guys? Goes good, well.
2: Good. So it's kind of oh. early over there in uh, San Deasy, huh? It's like 8 o'clock.
6: Yeah, it's a little early, and it's kind of low-key muggy right now, so I'm kind of soaking what? it in. Wait, it's humid it's in not Southern good California? Weather? <laughs> <laughs> like, we're kind of having a weird, weird little heat storm here, but... It's not too early. I I, I work at Starbucks, so I'm usually up around four. So this is I got to sleep in a little oh, bit this morning.
2: I'm at Rachel Martin mm, I feel shift. You. Mm-hmm,
1: yeah, I
6: feel you. Yeah, yeah. Do you open up the Starbucks? Yeah, I do. So we open up at four thirty. So I got to get there. Wow.
2: Oh, oh, you gosh. must get some weirdos at four thirty a.m. at a Starbucks. We get
3: weirdos. <laughs> I don't know. I do go to Starbucks. As I, I said, you job. must uh-huh. get some weirdos. Mm.
2: <laughs> What's the like weirdest regular you get on a four thirty a.m.
6: On a fourth, well, we work right off of um, the 805. So we work. I work off of a really busy freeway, and we have a Fox studio right there. So about every morning, a lot of the Fox anchors come in and get seven shots with whipped cream oh my goodness <laughs> is this before or after toy?
3: makeup grant
6: yeah i it's before makeup Yeah, <laughs> and those people need their coffee more, definitely. <laughs> a little bit just a little bit
3: i mean we all do yeah but, you know. yeah, yeah
6: yeah definitely that's true no judgment i'm not <laughs> looking very pretty serving it to them
2: <laughs> now i heard besides working at that starbucks you're also uh beginning college this fall
6: yeah, so I'm I'm gonna go into my second semester at um, San Diego Mesa College, our local community college, and I'm gonna awesome. try to transfer either to San Diego State or U C S D for um, political science. So uh, nice. some in public policy.
2: Awesome. Yeah, I want to ask you as a San Diego resident. Mm-hmm. There's been a lot of talk about immigration and a new immigration policy push from the Trump White House. What's the talk around immigration where you are?
6: I feel like a big part of it's a lot of tension. It's just mm. very increased tension. I've, I've never seen so much activity on social media that relates to immigration policy f- just from my friends.
1: Hmm.
2: What do they say? So,
6: it's so, so I, li- I like it. It creates a dialogue, but there's a lot of tension. People will be driving to work and see a Border Patrol agent has pulled over a car and will pull over and take pictures and make sure everything's okay. So people are really worried about one another right now and it's a really large undocumented community so i can understand why.
2: Yeah, you know, i mean you, you talk about more of a conversation. I'm assuming the conversation uh is tense. I mean, are are people yeah. having constructive it's... dialogue about immigration? Um,
6: well, i try to <laughs> i try to. <laughs> so, i'm being a moderate republican. I I like to create the dialogue and and try to ask people what their opinions are on it just so i can understand a little bit better, but It does come from a place of tension and from um, being scared. People are generally scared and angry that they're being targeted for something that they don't necessarily think is deserving of being persecuted for.
2: And so you said earlier that you're a Republican, a young Republican in San Diego. Yeah, I'm a young black Republican uh, from California. Look, how'd we find you? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So what is it like to have these... Sometimes tense conversations as yourself in a place like Southern California. I love it. I love it. That's <laughs> okay. why I love where I,
6: <laughs> That's where I, and I that I, That's the main reason why I emailed you is because I just love where I fr- I'm from so much. The fact that I can have these dialogue and have these conversations with different people about their views and at the same time feel respected for mine is a big reason why I love where I'm from and the fact that I can call myself a black Republican from California and people's first thing isn't to say why or in a negative way or, yeah. you know, it's more of a well. let me ask you about your opinions you know, I haven't been met with a lot of harsh criticism it's a lot of people just wanting to talk and that's what I really like
2: I love it what are you going to yeah. do fun for yourself this weekend
6: fun for myself this weekend I'm going to go to the range, I love golf I'm gonna go hit the. You ball. and our president. I thought
3: he was gonna say shooting range. Right? <laughs> <laughs> my mind, I was just like, I don't know. I was like, this guy no, is gonna go I, shoot.
6: Uh, not out here in California. I don't. I, I can't. I don't even think I could get a gun until I'm 21 out here. Oh yeah. How old are you? So I'm 19.
1: Oh my goodness. Uh, Gosh.
2: You're so put together. When I, I was know. 19, wow. Wow. I was a hot mess. No, no. I was I mean, a hot I'm mess. I'm 45 and
4: I'm a hot
3: mess. <laughs> Tapped into like all the politics of the moment. I was not yeah. when I was yeah. 19. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good for you,
2: Grant. So you're gonna golf a little bit. What else? Off a little bit, hang out with the family. I really love my
6: family. I love my dogs. I have a cockapoo and a and a so This
2: is a stand up just... guy. Grant's a stand up guy. <laughs> just
6: all around good just dude. <laughs> we love you, Grant. Yes, me and my cockapoos are are besties. So we're gonna be hanging out a lot this weekend. I'm really excited. Aww.
3: Wait, can you send us a picture of you and your cockapoo? Seriously, and your
6: yes. They are shout out to Bailey and Pippa. They are <laughs> they're listening at home. Number one homies.
2: <laughs> yes, yes, I love it. Hey, well, Grant, thank you for your time. Thank you for your work early in the morning keeping people yeah. caffeinated.
3: Yes. Have a God's work. You guys.
6: God's <laughs> work. All your work. I really appreciate it. You guys are keeping me sane getting from work to work. It's... You bet. It's
2: really appreciated. You I appreciate bet. all you. your guys' hard work. Nice. Thanks, man. Have a good weekend.
3: Take care, Grant. You Take good. it easy, you guys. See ya.
2: Listeners, we want you to talk to us for this segment. If you want us to give you a call and talk about literally anything uh, where you live, you should just drop us a note. Tell us what's going on. Email me at samsanders at npr.org. Brent's saying now that you can even feel free to nominate someone who would be great for the phone call if the phone call isn't really your personal thing. So like you could say you should call my friend. Or Wait, my really? Grandma. You can this, tap out?
3: You can just yeah, be like, not yes. me, but this dude. This
2: dude.
4: Yes, we might try that.
2: Yeah. So, we'll just we'll,
4: we'll just call them up without warning. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> All right, before we start our story swap, quick housekeeping announcement. If you download these episodes on Friday evenings, maybe for your evening commute, I have to apologize in advance. Next Friday's episode will be a few hours late. I will be in New Orleans at NABJ, the National Association of Black Journalists Convention, and I'll be there recording with uh, some radio friends of mine. But we have some studio issues and I can't record till late, so the show will be up late. Anyway, don't worry, guys. It'll be up next Friday around 7 or 8 p.m. Sorry for the delay. Thank you for your patience. Godspeed. All right. All right. Now it is time for the meat of the show, Story Swap, where we each share a story from the week that was... I'm going to go first because... It's your
3: show, dude. It's our show. Oh, I mean, it's our show. I mean, it's
2: our show. It's It's mostly your show. It's Brent's show. Let's not even play. (laughs) It's Brent's show. Anyways, what I want to talk about this week is the stock market. Uh, The Dow hit 22,000 this week, Mm -hmm. a Mm -hmm. record. And I'm wondering why the market keeps going up when D.C. is in such, it seems, complete chaos. So... I began to research this and realized I didn't know what I was talking about. <laughs> so I'm going to phone a friend today. I'm calling someone who does know about the economy Good. and the stock market. He is on the line with us from Los Angeles. Hey, you there?
0: Sam, I'm right here.
2: Can you guys tell who this
3: is?
0: I need more words. Yeah. Say more words. No, really, Rachel Martin, I am appalled. You don't recognize this. <gasps> oh, my
3: God. <laughs> this is so exciting. <laughs> Tell who it is. It's Kai
0: Ristall. Of Marketplace. <laughs> of
3: Marketplace. <laughs> Kai. <Yep. laughs> How
0: are you? How are
3: you doing, my friend?
0: I'm good. I'm good. You have to tell everybody why I'm so appalled you don't recognize my voice. You guys,
3: Kai and I worked together back in the day. Oh, my goodness. I was like an intern. Kai was like, I don't know. You were everything. You were like a host, producer, reporter, whatever. Um, yeah, so you were like kind of my boss. I don't know. Were you?
0: He's uh, like, yeah, uh, boss? I don't even boss? Know. I <laughs> don't even know. <laughs>
4: Uh, he was I fancier we
3: than were, I was.
0: We were both much younger then. Let's leave it It there. was our younger years. Uh-huh.
4: Fancier oh than Rachel
3: Martin? Oh, it's hard is there to such a thing? I know. Yeah. It's hard to believe.
2: Yes. So for those that don't know, Kai Rizdal hosts Public Radio's business and economics radio show of note, Marketplace. Uh, they have broadcasts, gosh, every day and it's some great podcasts as well that help you know about the economy and your money and stuff. Uh, so my big question, Kai, is a simple one. Why is the stock market
0: doing so well? Uh, Because corporate America is doing really well, is the short answer. Let's think about what the stock market is, right? The stock market, the Dow specifically, is 30 companies. The S&P 500 is 500 companies. Those companies are doing really well. Corporate profits are up. They're making lots of money. The dollar's down, so their stuff is cheaper overseas, and the economies in Europe are growing. So everything's good for corporate America. They're doing really, really well. And that, in a very short answer, is why the stock market's up. Now, the economy is a whole different beast, right? Because the Dow is not the economy. The economy is not the Dow. So you got to look sort of different ways at that whole thing.
4: Yeah. It seems like a lot of what's going on with the Dow is like the promise of deregulation. Is that still yeah, a factor? So
0: that, right. So you, you had the Trump bump early on, right? Right after Election Day, you had a month of, oh, man, everything's going to be great because he's going to get all this stuff done. And people and companies quickly realized that wasn't the case. And, and obviously, we saw it in healthcare. care. We're going to see it again in tax form. It's going to be really hard. But what the administration is doing sort of under the radar without having to deal with legislation – is getting rid of a lot of regulations, companies like when regulations go away. So they're betting on that promise that, yeah, eventually they'll get tax reform done, but regulations are going bye-bye, and that's going to make it easier for us to do business. And companies love that.
2: Yeah. You know, if the Dow is not the real economy, it's a different yeah. thing, what numbers should we look at to really see how the economy's doing? I'm thinking about figures like wage growth or something.
0: That's exactly what you want to look at, right? And and so the jobless report uh, came out Friday morning, and it was good, right, 200 and Thousand new jobs, and that's lovely. Wage growth was up a little bit, but I think you have to look over time. Wages in this economy have been stuck for freaking ever, and people just aren't feeling it. And so, what's happening now is the companies are not yet being squeezed enough by the rising labor market to give their people more money.
2: Yeah. You know, Trump has been bragging a lot about the Dow and the stock market and these numbers. Mm -hmm. And some on the left have, you know, critiqued him and said, You didn't do that. But isn't this just a thing that all presidents do? Every president brags about a rising stock market. Obama did it. W. Bush did it. They both saw really big rises when they were president, well, too, right? So,
0: yeah, they, they did see big rises. They didn't brag about it because they knew that they would own it if it goes down, right? Mm. The catch with, with the president now is that he gets out there, and, he, and I'm sure you saw the immigration press conference he had with Purdue and Cotton the other day. They get up there, and they all do their spiel about the immigration thing. And then the president comes back to the microphone and says, I just want to say that, as you saw, the Dow hit 22,000 today. It's great. Everything's fabulous. The catch is that stock markets go down. Mm -hmm. There's that. And if you own it on the way up, you own it on the way down.
2: Huh. So then what should we expect going forward? I mean, it's hard to predict, but like, the economy is not doing as well as it should, it seems, for workers outside of this Dow economy. What's next
0: for them? Yeah, so, so the bigger picture is the economy is not doing as well as it should full stop, right? And what happens when an economy grows as slowly as it has been growing, is that standards of living don't rise. Mm. I think what you're going to see, certainly through the rest of this administration, is as it continues a pro-business agenda, companies are going to do great. Companies are going to feel fine. But unless they feel the need to pass on those profits to their workers and to uh, the rest of the economy, Mm. we're going to keep seeing what we're seeing now, which is the headline numbers are fine, the real economy is mad. This guy is really good at what he does. (laughs) That's a key economic term, (laughs) (laughs) meh.
3: Totally technical.
2: Well, Kai has to host his own show a bit later on today. Thank you for schooling us real quick. Oh, happy to do it. And have you back sometime soon. You bet.
3: Nice to hear your voice, Kai.
0: See you, everybody. See ya.
4: Y'all, he's so
3: good. That guy. He's so good.
4: I feel like I've accidentally acquired some dignity
3: (laughs) (laughs) just sitting here. (laughs) (laughs) You right. would not mind me saying that either.
4: That was Kai
2: Rizdahl, uh, your friend of mine. He hosts Marketplace from American Public Media. They also have a daily podcast, and they cover this stuff in an episode from this week that's called The Dow Is Not the Economy. Check that out. Thanks, Kai. Also, they got a bunch of different podcasts that are doing some really good stuff. Mm-hmm. Check out their whole portfolio. Rachel, it's your turn. You have no phone a friend today. It's just you. What's your story?
3: <laughs> it's just me. And, of course, we're going to talk about White House staffing changes. Mm. I know. And Stephen alluded to this before. But we have to talk more about John Kelly okay. uh, because he got a lot of attention. New He's chief the new staff. chief of staff. We should say. Uh, replacing Reince Priebus. And it is crazy to me that th- that only happened on Monday. It uh, yeah. feels like a lifetime so ago. So long
4: ago. So many days ago. <laughs> but yeah,
3: Monday is when uh, he was sworn in in this new position. Uh, and so there'd been all this speculation. Oh, he's going to get rid of the mooch, Anthony Scaramucci, the communications director, who that profanity-laced tirade to the New Yorker. But what was more interesting to me was the second person he dismissed. Uh, the second yeah. high-profile uh, dismissal here. This is a guy named Ezra Cohen Watnick. He was an intel advisor on the National Security Council. Okay, huh. so the boss of the National Security Council is General H.R. McMaster. The Remember? greatest name. I know. so <laughs> HR. So McMaster didn't like this guy. Why not? Ezra. Ezra was someone who's closely aligned with Steve Bannon and Jared Kushner, and those guys protected him. When McMaster said, in order for me to do my job right, I need to have my own people they here, wouldn't let McMaster they wouldn't let him fire him. Fire him. Yeah. And the president, too, stuck in his corner. So there was huh. a lot of tension for a long time. Yeah. So now John Kelly comes in. He's got a relationship with McMaster. I mean, yeah. that whole general thing. The general thing. Stuff. Yeah, the generals. Kelly benefits from also being really widely respected around Washington. This yeah. is a guy who who Served genuinely in their Obama. he is a patriot. He I have interviewed John Kelly several times. I covered him when I was at the Pentagon. This is someone who who feels patriotism at his core. Mm. He is doing this job not because he's always aspired to do it, but because he thinks it's right for America.
2: Yeah. What is one thing that you aren't hearing that should be heard in the narrative around who he is?
3: Um, John Kelly uh, is someone, when I interviewed him right after the travel ban, we talked about what America is and mm-hmm. what kind of place it should be mm-hmm. and, and whether or not we can still afford to be a place that embraces multiculturalism. That is still a pluralistic society. He absolutely believes in what that means for America. He absolutely believes huh. in an America that has been the shining city on the hill, the, the give me, you're tired, you're poor. Yeah. Now, you try to, to match that with some uh, of the immigration policies that he has carried out.
2: Or some of the personnel in the White House, like Steve Bannon, who right. seemed to be diametrically opposed to that kind of idea.
3: Right. So there, there's going to be some tension uh, mm-hmm. in the White House, for sure. Uh, also, we shouldn't paint John Kelly as some guy who can't, like, spew out his own profanities. I mean, this is something... <laughs> okay. This guy is a straight talker. Okay. He, he could be salty at times. The guy's from Boston. Yeah. I don't know what that has to do with being someone who uses a lot of profanity. <laughs> I saw the Sorry. Fighter.
1: Yeah, right? I know don't how that don't works.
3: <laughs> um, But I actually... I think he has a rapport with Donald Trump. You huh. know, I think they have a huh. genuine chemistry yeah. that I think will serve him well.
2: Yeah. When was your first interview with him?
3: When he was just confirmed, when he was confirmed as Secretary of Homeland Security. Um, but before that, he had been the lead military attache for Bob Gates, Secretary of Defense, and Leon Panetta, which meant he was the guy who was always attached to the Secretary of Defense. So uh, when I was in the Pentagon Press Corps, where you go on these big, long trips yeah. on the big, you know, huge plane mm-hmm. with all the nuclear codes on it. Um, John Kelly's the guy who brings like the DVDs for the press corps to watch. That's another thing people should know they about make John make y'all watch Kelly. DVDs? Whoa. Well, yeah. just like for fun, like Dr. Strangelove. Oh, he he passed the time. He, would like- he brought DVDs. He would bring Dr. Strangelove? <laughs> <He> br- yes. <laughs> It was amazing. Oh, he was, was like he, trying to entertain. Was people. he nice to you guys? He's super nice. And here's the other thing: John Kelly, when he was at the Department of Homeland Security, tried to create a real press corps. He wanted briefings. He wanted oh, wow. more press transparency. Mm. And so see we'll see we'll how see what, what that how, looks like in the White House.
2: Yeah, Rachel Martin, knowing yeah. stuff and knowing people. Stephen, your story is entirely outside of the walls of the Pentagon.
4: Yeah. What is, is it? This is by comparison. This is hard hitting. I can't I'm, not, I'm not going to lie. Uh, MTV is bringing back Total Request Live. Yes! <laughs> Sam standing is standing and standing clapping oh, and kicking. kicking. High, wow, Sam. I used to love Sam, that TRL. Was, that was an impressive high kick you I just try. did. I right. flexible. TRL's great. <laughs> flexible. I am. So for those who don't know, more, Total Request Live. Oh, oh
2: you know what? A lot of our listeners aren't going to.
4: They're too young. Tell them what it is. TRL, Total Request Live, aired on MTV from 1998 to 2008 Mm. and was, I think, a pivotal... Uh, clearly, uh, Sam, <laughs> Sam, who's who's now Sam, shoes Sam. off, feet kicked up on the on the desk, listening to me talk about TRL. <laughs> Sam, is yeah, it, so. Sam is in the yes, zone. Coming up that time, Sam is in the zone. This was a this was a major cultural touchstone for a lot of people. A lot of people watched these performances. Yes. They had this big studio in Times Square where all the major pop stars of the day would come. They'd perform. They'd interact with fans. You'd have a big group of uh, of screaming fans. I just checked in uh, with my with my girlfriend. Friend, this morning she was actually on TRL. Stop it! As a fan, not as oh, a, not oh as, a, as a performer. When? she's on camera, uh, she said that the the musical act visiting that day was Blink One Eighty Two. Oh uh, man, um, amazing! Uh, I love it. I, I'm sure she showed up hoping for NSYNC, but yeah, you know, as, as yeah. we all would. Yeah,
2: like, <laughs> this show though, it was it was the American Bandstand of our time. Like it was a big deal.
4: It made a big deal of Carson Daly, the the host. We actually have some tape of him. Oh, oh. Yesterday on Total Request Live, Eminem rebounded back into the. County after being gone for two days. And making the biggest leap of the day, the New Radicals, who just missed making the top five. New Radicals. Plus, we saw NSYNC keeping a firm grip on the countdown's top spot, going a second straight day at number one. Will Hump Day be cruel or kind to NSYNC? You'll have to find out right now on Total Request Live. Every day was kind to Yes. Boy, that you just carbon dated that. You can pin that down to the, the week. Exactly. Because week. it was like, how many hits? The New Radicals had like two weeks. They had two weeks with one <laughs> that song. Was yes. We just heard it. Yes. <laughs> But I think part of what's interesting about this is MTV is going through yet another attempt to rebrand itself. A couple years ago, MTV kind of went all in on this very impressive assortment of of writing talent that were brought in to do kind of long form analysis and music writing. And MTV was kind of beef up its presence on the internet. And then this new president of MTV, Chris McCarthy, came in and promptly laid them off and and But didn't
2: just lay them off he said in an interview he was like <sighs> I don't think MTV should be in the business of telling, writing 6,000-word yep. think pieces telling, telling people, people how, how to feel. think Ooh. or feel. Yeah. yeah. You right. know, Chris McCarthy, this new head of MTV, might be handling the transition kind of ungracefully, but he has a really impressive track record. Yeah. He's turned things around before at VH1, MTV2, and Logo, and he's part of the reason mm-hmm. RuPaul's Drag Race is such a big deal. Oh, well, respect, <laughs> <To> respect. <laughs> but but so like can TRL do this for him at MTV? Do you think it will work? TRL, again?
4: I, I think it's one of the smarter things they could do. I think one of the issues for MTV right now is that they are really culturally relevant one day a year, and that is the the VMAs.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. Which are
4: coming up, actually, in just like, what? Uh, August, Video 20th, Music Awards. August 27th, the Video Music Awards, where MTV kind of gets a lot of, like, major, major, major pop and rap and R&B talent for a couple hours of kind of bonkers, me Meme making, <laughs> and, <laughs> and you know, every year it's like, what's the meme going to be coming who twerked out? Twerked on who? Is yeah. it going to be? Twer- is it going to be Miley? What's good? Is it going to be? I'm gonna let you finish. Is it going to be Drake is stuck in traffic as it was last year? Um, every, I missed that one. Oh yeah. Well, it, I mean, you, you don't say Drake is stuck in traffic. As I don't Drake say Drake. No. <laughs> 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 you say he who cannot be named. <laughs> he who cannot be named. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so I think it's clearly an attempt to make MTV a tastemaker again and to give MTV a certain amount of cultural cachet that it's it's been lacking in the last few years when its ratings have been in steep decline.
2: But here's the bigger question that I'm not sure even TRL can fix. Young people's media consumption is just different than what it was for me when I was a kid. Like, I used to go home every day and be ready to watch TRL at TV at 4 Mm -hmm. p.m. And I would leave from school and go watch it. Mm -hmm. I feel like... People in their teens and 20s nowadays are used to watching TV and media on demand from their phone. And you might not be able to get them to sit down at a screen at the same time
4: every day.
3: No, but they don't need to, do they? They just watch it on demand, share it, and be like, well, is it going to be on demand?
4: I mean, there's, there's certainly oh. going to be a web presence for anything they do at this point, I'm sure, including this. The, the press release announcing the return of TRL includes this choice line saying that TRL will become, and I quote, the prime destination for youth culture. Oh, that sounds really youthful. <laughs> Which sounds, <laughs> sounds incredibly youthful sounds to me. super uh, fly. Yeah. I mean, also,
2: <laughs> maybe possibly the prime destination for people like me that are actually aren't that young anymore, but still want to be young.
5: Yeah, yeah you know, going to
2: cool. watch it To be up with the youths. Mm -hmm. Well,
4: you know, and I think they have a better chance of reaching you. Like then every time I write or talk about MTV, the feedback I always get is like, oh man. Remember when MTV used to show music? Remember when MTV used to show videos? And to me, like, the immutable law of MTV is that if you're old enough to remember when MTV played music, you are too old for MTV to care about whether you watch MTV. <laughs> that would be all all of us.
2: I remember when MTV used to have music video premiere days. <gasps> mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah. this oh, yeah. new Mariah Carey video oh, premieres yeah. every hour on the hour. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they would just show. And you'd sit at your TV watch to wait to thing. see the video. You know, every hour on the hour mm-hmm. we digress um, <laughs> do <Did> we <laughs> we did it what are you playing <laughs> are they in the mu- they're in a mall for this video remember <laughs> they run through the mall right <laughs> While you guys sing along, keep singing. I want to plug y'all's two podcasts. The woman humming right now, Rachel Martin. She hosts Morning Edition on NPR, but she also hosts her own podcast called Up First, I mentioned it earlier. Ten minutes of morning news up every day by 6 a.m.
3: You might even play some awesome jams like this and do a thumb dance. You are doing a thumb dance.
2: dance. Steven Thompson laughing right now. He is a regular on pop culture happy hour. This is a podcast about all the goings-on in popular culture. It's also kind of the DNA for all the new podcasts here on NPR. Aww, Even like this one. You guys shucks. gave us the blueprint, the roadmap, you're oh. the OGs.
4: <laughs> Once you plant the seed, you throw away the envelope. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, time for one more
2: quick break. When we come back, we'll play Who Said That, and we'll also hear our listeners tell us the best things that happened to them all week.
5: Support for It's Been a Minute and the following message come from the Platinum Card from American Express. There's a great big world out there, and no other card lets you experience it like the Platinum Card, backed by the service and security of American Express. Support for It's Been a Minute and the following message also come from Southern New Hampshire University whose mission is to make higher education accessible and affordable online for everyone. If you are considering college, whether for the first time or going back to complete your degree, you want to make financially savvy decisions and avoid financial aid mistakes. You can learn more about Southern New Hampshire University and the top three financial mistakes to avoid by texting EDGE to 554433. Message and data rates may apply.
2: All right, we are back. Now it's time for my favorite part, one of my favorite parts of the show. It's a little game that we call
3: Who, that we call who Said, who said that? that? Who Said That? It
2: never gets who old. That? It never gets old. Do you know where this comes from? No. It's Real Housewives of Atlanta. Who Said That? Who Said <laughs> <laughs> That? <laughs> Anyways, the game is so simple. These are the rules. I give you guys a quote from the week, and you got to tell me who said that. Okay. Uh, we'll do three or four today. The winner wins nothing. Come nice, on. nice, <laughs> not a thing. Ready? First quote. This message in oh, it's in all caps. Oh. This message is very grammatically incorrect, but it's from the heart. But I think there's something special about imperfections. Exclamation point! Exclamation point! Who said that? Oh,
3: wow. Scott Bale. <laughs> <laughs> <No. laughs> I just said that.
2: He's a singer. He's a singer. He's Canadian. Gordon Brian
3: <laughs> Brian Brian Adams <laughs> We're so old
4: uh, yeah. Oh it's Justin Bieber Justin
2: Bieber Oh
3: yeah, him. yeah. <laughs>
2: So those that know me know that I'm a little bit obsessed with the career trajectory of Justin Bieber.
4: It's fascinating.
2: It is. There's a new wrinkle in his time. Uh, (laughs) He recently left his world tour, his purpose tour. Uh He canceled the last 15 dates. And everyone's been trying to figure out what is going on. Mm -hmm. Um, It seems that he is actually drawing closer to God. No way. He's been hanging out with Carl Lentz, who is the pastor of the Hillsong Church mm-hmm. uh, in New York, and he's been seen at churches more often than usual, and he's taken some time to, like, go to Jesus.
3: No way. Yeah. Justin Bieber.
2: Justin Bieber. And, like, so he has this long Instagram note. Uh, which he qualifies at the end by saying, I know it has spelling errors, but it comes from the heart. <laughs> oh, it's kind of sweet. It's self-aware. Yeah, it yeah. is. I And like for so long, my general take on him is that he's literally a walking mistake with a great manager, yeah. Scooter mm-hmm. Braun. Mm-hmm. But now I think he's actually trying to take some time and like figure things out. And I'm not mad at it. No. Anyway, Bieber, you do you. We're rooting for you. Mm-hmm. All right, next <laughs> quote.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Typically, when you have an election year... Any kind of political activity wanes when the election is over. That is not happening. Who said that?
3: I have no idea. It's
2: okay. the CEO of a major company that helps people find love.
3: Uh, it's going to be like the CEO the match. of Tinder or something? Or Tinder. Keep going. eHarmony? Yes! <laughs> ding, ding!
2: The CEO. I mean, I don't know who that is, but... Grant Langston. Grant. Grant. Love it. Yes. Oh, Grant Langston. Sorry. <laughs> He's Why the was CEO. I
3: talking
2: about this. Listen, okay, he's sorry. the CEO of e- I I didn't no, mean to say <laughs> it like that.
4: That was really dismissive <laughs> of me. Listen, Rachel. Listen, Rachel. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Grant Langston, CEO of E Harmony, said this week that folks at E Harmony are noticing some really interesting activity on their website. People are declaring their politics mm-hmm. more than ever before. There's some numbers behind it. In 2016, 24.6 percent of women. And 16.5% of men answered the question that asked your political affiliation on their profile page for online data. Right. Yeah. Now, in 2017, 68% of women <gasps> wow. and 47% of men answer the question
4: about their political wow. affiliation. And not just in D.C. Everywhere. <laughs> Everywhere. So
3: interesting, right? Because it's, it's, it's not just about declaring what they think, but it's also probably, I don't want to wanna talk to you right. if you are if you're not on this. the other side. Yeah. Which I don't know how to And I've seen think some data that.
2: that said that lots of folks are more open to dating someone of any race than they are to date political someone of a different political affiliation. Yeah,
4: I believe it.
3: We're more divided than ever. Ever. Ever.
2: But people like Grant in San Diego can bring us oh. all together. Oh,
3: other, <laughs> other
2: Grant. Love Grant. Love it's Grant. A, yes. Day of Grants. Mm-hmm. Quote number three I need your address in case you write something bad about me. <sighs> Who said that?
4: Can you say that? Is it again? that Scaramucci? Yeah. <laughs> Who is that?
2: <laughs> no, I'll say it again. I need I, I your address uh-huh. in case you write something bad about me.
4: I read about this. I just don't remember who said it.
2: It's a reality TV show star.
4: Arnold. No.
2: I'm going to start spelling his name. Dog.
3: Dog-thana.
2: D-B-O-U-N-T-Y. Dog the Bounty Hunter. Dog the Bounty Hunter. I was going to say, you
4: spelled Dog the Bounty before I got it.
3: Not, Dude, I didn't not even dog, get
4: it. Not dog the. How many dog Wait, thes are was there? Was
3: dog D-O-G or D-A-W-G? He, no, no. he's
2: no, D-O-G. He's D-O-G. 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 Oh. Yeah, you know me. <laughs> uh-huh. He's the O-G, D-O-G. Uh, yes. There's a, there's a, a long one. read about him in Politico this
4: week. No kidding. Uh,
2: because he is wading into political waters. He has been campaigning on behalf of Michael Williams. He's a long-shot Republican Mm -hmm. candidate for governor of Georgia. Mm -hmm. So this article profiles how Dog the Bounty Hunter is, like, into politics now and Mm -hmm. is campaigning for people, and he's just the latest in this – rash of celebrities joining uh,
4: joining senator rock
3: dude the rock 2020
4: <laughs> no no well i'm talking about kid rock
3: of course. oh kid rock <laughs> so, many so many rocks so many rocks.
2: <laughs> well also strangely enough this week uh facebook founder mark zuckerberg yep. hired uh-huh. one of hillary's ex-pollsters mm-hmm. yeah so mm-hmm. is he gonna run too
3: mm-hmm. i mean he also went on this big listening tour oh around goodness. america right. yeah where, and with a lot of photo ops yeah. which is uh interesting
2: but i feel like we're in this new normal where famous people of all stripes are going to just start running for office. Anyway, so you got that one. I am
4: not running, by the way. It's ever. okay if you did. It's okay. <laughs> you cannot give me a point for getting dog the bounty hunter. I'm going to give you a hint. D O G T H E B O U N T Y. I'm going to give you a hint. All right. We're almost done. One
2: okay. more segment. Uh but first, I got to plug Tuesday's episode. As folks know, every Tuesday on the show, we bring you a deep dive where I catch up with one person or tackle one topic. Next week on the show, Sashir Zameda. Oh, she's great. Uh, you probably know her from SNL. She just left the show and is doing some really fun comedy stuff in New York. But uh, we talked about all of the things. She has a new comedy special out. We we'll talked about that. It was a phenomenal conversation. Okay. Uh, check it out on Tuesday. Sashir Zameda. All right, now the last segment. Every week we end the show the same way. I ask our listeners to send us a recording of their own voice, sharing the best thing that happened to them all week, and I encourage them to brag. Without fail, I do that chest heaving cry when I hear all these because it's so beautiful.
4: Last week I actually ugly cried at my desk listening to to this. I do
2: like my This Is Us cry in this segment.
4: Just, like, <laughs> weeping. <laughs> uh, yes. Try, yes. Trying to keep your colleagues from noticing you're crying <laughs> is one of my favorite pastimes at NPR. Yes.
2: yes. So it's that time again. It's time for the best thing all week. I'm watching your tear ducks.
4: Hey Sam, this is Jess up in Buffalo, New York, and the best thing to happen to me all week um, and quite possibly all of 2017 is that my boyfriend bought me a mini pig. I have wanted ah! one for <laughs> over 20 years, Oh my god! and I am just in love with this little pig, and we have yet to name her since we've only had her a few days, but I am open to suggestions.
2: It's not going to be mini forever.
4: Hi Sam, this is Adelina and... Josue. And the best thing that happened to me this week is I got to marry my best friend, mi amor.
2: Y yo uh, pasé la semana mejor de mi vida con la persona más hermosa del mundo. Oh, yeah. between our wedding and our honeymoon, I had the best week of my life.
4: <laughs> Okay, bye. Hey Sam, we're calling from San Antonio, Texas. And the best thing that happened to us this week is that we watched our mom become an American citizen. We went
1: to my granddaughter's graduation from basic training and it was wonderful.
4: I got to take my mom and dad to Europe. Uh, It was a real treat to see their faces as they saw the Eiffel Tower for the first time. There were no rush hour delays on the A train and I got to work on time every single day. Yes. Oh, crap. I think I just jinxed it. (laughs) This week, my partner began his dream job working for Sesame Street. Wow. My lease finally ended, so I was able to move out to Denver and in with my girlfriend, who's been working out there for a few months. And it feels so good to be back together and listening to the show side by side.
3: Hi, Sam. My name is Bailey. Uh, and I live in Athens, Georgia, and the best thing that happened to me all week is that I moved into a pink house with a front porch and a back screen porch and a little yard. And I just went on a walk uh, around the neighborhood and I saw so many families and young people watering their gardens and fig trees and rosemary bushes that I'll probably steal from. (laughs) And then I sat out on my porch and had a glass of wine and listened to my neighbor playing violin next door. Wow! Thanks so much. I hope you're having a great week.
4: Hi, Sam. This is Vicky in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Yes! I wanted to tell you about what's really made my week. In May, my six-year-old daughter, Aurora, was diagnosed with a form of epilepsy. It's been a really hard summer. The doctor's trying out medication, different dosages, trying to figure out what might help control them for her. She's been having several seizures a day, and um, she's been so brave and never complains, and she hasn't had a seizure in two weeks. Wow. And it's just been really great. And it's made my week. So thank you so much for the show. Have a great weekend. Bye. How sweet. I like that both of our home states got represented. That that. is nice. That is nice.
2: Oh man, we've got to give some thanks to all the folks you just heard. Uh, Jess with the mini pig. From what i read (laughs) online, those pigs don't stay mini forever. So be prepared. Also, name it Sam and like Uh, Tag me on Instagram. Yeah,
4: Sam. (laughs) Sam's a fine name for a small pig.
2: Thanks Thanks to Adelina and Josue. Uh, Thanks to Jeanette, Tammy, Jared, Tiffany, Juliana, Sesame Street. Amazing. (laughs) Thanks to Nathan, Bailey, Vicky. Vicky, we're so glad your daughter's doing okay. That just warmed my heart. I'm so happy for you
4: guys. Also, she's from Green Bay. Go Pack Go.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So um, it's wedding season. So congrats to our listeners out there who are... Getting married and stuff. Dan and Joanna, Caitlin and Andy, Amy and her new spouse. Keep those coming. We love it. Brent and I listen to all of these that come in, and we wish we had time to play them all. But know that when you hit send on the email, it lands in our inbox, and we hear it and we appreciate it. To share your best thing all week, just uh, send us an email with the sound of your voice to samsanders at npr.org. All right. Mama, we made it. Rachel, Stephen, thank you. We're done.
1: We're done. Oh, I'm this sad. Was that was so awesome. it was so much fun. Have and we're back. on
2: time, of course. Now uh, he didn't say this earlier, but this week was Stephen Thompson's birthday. Duh. Get
3: out! Yes. Yeah? So in honor
2: of Stephen Thompson's birthday. Oh, hold on.
3: What? It's are we fake cheering? Oh
4: yes!
2: Got us a baba Andre. <laughs> I was
4: like, why is oh, Sam God. handing me an empty oh. mug? <laughs> Is this mug for my birthday?
2: <laughs> I got us some little champagne that costs $6 and yes. here is Teeter.
3: Nothing but the best. Nothing
2: but the best. <laughs> 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 While I read this copy, $3 I'm gonna, dollars more oh, than I usually, I usually oh. spend. Whoa. I didn't get the pop on the mic. I Sorry, know. guys. Trust
3: us. It was Trust amazing.
4: Us. Halfway to 90 people. That's
3: exactly Ooh, where I am. 45. 45. So wise. I'm aging on
4: the inside. It's
2: lovely. It's important. Cheers to Steven. Cheers Thank to
3: Steven! Yes. Happy birthday. All right. Last
2: bit of copy. Thanks to Rachel. Thanks to Stephen. It's been a minute. was edited this week by mm. Jeff Rogers and Steve Nelson. It was produced by Brent Bachman, who's fighting a very nasty head cult this week. We're rooting for you, Cheers. Brent. We're
3: drinking for you right
2: now. <laughs> also, shout out to Brent's nephew, Jared, who listens. Uh, his graduation party is this weekend. Congrats, Jared. Uh, Brent probably can't make it to Jared's party because yeah. he's so sick. Mm. But... We love you, Jared. Yeah. Yeah. Shout Thanks, Jared. All right, guys. Refresh your feed Tuesday morning for Sashir Zameda. Really fun chat. Until then, thanks for listening. Thank you, LL Cool J featuring Total. Talk soon.
4: I'm telling you right now, if we did an hour long show about 90s one hit wonders, I'm here I'm for here it. I'm here for it.
3: Yeah, I'm man. definitely here
4: for
2: it.
3: It was an era for the one hit wonders. Oh
4: my God. And some of those bands, you know, Harvey Danger, Flagpole oh, yeah. Sitta? I love Sing that. It. Incredible.